welcome to Long Hill Chapel Online. Thanks for checking out our podcast where you can listen to our latest sermons filled with teaching, encouragement, and hope from God's Word. So whether you're in the car, on the couch, or just poured some coffee, let's dive into today's message. Good morning. My name is Daria Hasty, and I am so glad you're joining me today. I want to talk about Jonah too. And last week when we were in Jonah, we saw that we, what was running from God, what that looked like, and what Jonah was doing in a tough situation. Today we're going to talk about what it looks like to run towards God and what it's like when we choose to obey him. The giant fish on the other hand in our story is where we see that he obeyed God. And we saw that Jonah disobeyed God and how that put him in a really tough situation. One task was fulfilled by the fish and Jonah did not fulfill that task. We see Jonah was in distress from the inside of that fish, calling out to God. Now I have taught this story so many times to children and It's hard to think about what it's like to be inside of a whale. None of us can fathom what that actually looks like. Now, as I prepared this message, I was able to take a step out of what I normally am teaching to children. It's easy to tell kids to run towards God. But as adults, it's really hard to understand running towards God in the midst of hard times, in dark times, in times where we can't see what's going on. Now, as I prepared this message, it really hit me differently. I realized that we laugh and joke about the illustration with the whale and Jonah being swallowed up. But then I also realized that as an adult, I don't like not being in control. It's really hard to see the big picture in the midst of darkness. How have we heard from God, heard his voice, but choose not to listen? just like Jonah did. You know, we've all been to doctor's appointments. We don't love them, but we have to go. And sometimes in those doctor's appointments, they say, you know, I'd really like you to go and get blood work, or I'd love for you to get a CAT scan, an MRI, an X-ray, something that follows up on that exam. And if you're like me, you've had this feeling of defeat, like, oh, could I just have just had this doctor's appointment and moved on? But you know what, doctors can't see the full picture. And if there's something that they don't see, they want further testing. So we have a choice. We make the appointments for that further testing and follow in obedience what the doctors need you to do to get those results. Or we can choose to put off getting those tests done and risk not seeing the full picture of what's going on and what could be wrong. What do we risk by missing something that's important? Now, we have to go to those appointments if we make the appointment. Can't cancel, we know that we need to go. Waiting in the waiting room is hard. Going through the actual test is hard. And then waiting for those results are hard. Now, I don't know about you, but I am very claustrophobic. And the last time I was in a CAT scan and an MRI, I had to literally close my eyes, be in the dark, and as machines were coming towards my face, I knew I had to pray. I knew I had no control over the situation. I had no control of what those scans would reveal, 
but I knew that I had to run towards God. I could have run away and not made the appointments, but I needed to run towards him because I knew he was the one that was in control. I knew he already knew what the outcome of those tests were before I even walked in. Did I wanna cancel? Of course. Did I wanna push it off? Yes. And you probably have been in those same situations as well. And if not you, you know of a family member who has. With God, it's the same. He always is there for us. He is always there for us, even if we don't know what the situation entails. We can listen and get answers, or we can push it off and live in the dark. We can stay in that belly of the whale, in silence, not reflecting on what could have been, or we can turn towards him. Let's read through our verses for today. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains, I sank down. The earth beneath bowered me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. We see in these first few verses the result of Jonah's disobedience. Yet we know God's love, grace, and compassion is for everyone. Those who don't believe and who are difficult are still worthy of receiving them. Was Jonah worthy of receiving all those things when he blatantly did the opposite of what God told him? Yes. When was the last time God told you to do something and you disregarded it, hoping you didn't hear it? My family jokes with me all the time that I have selective hearing. They say the same thing over and over again, and they're like, Mom, are you listening? Derry, are you listening? And sometimes I am, and I think sometimes I am tuning things out. It's a joke with them, but am I tuning God out because I don't wanna hear him even though I know it's his voice? We know it's his voice, yet we tune it out because we don't wanna hear it. God loves all people, and I am sure we can all think of people in our lives that we struggle to extend grace to, to extend love and compassion to. How can we be different in this world where judgment is all over the place and we give up on people so easily? How can we be different? One of the lessons I learned with this in regards to that last question, was we can outrun God. We as humans try to outrun him every single day, even when we don't realize it. We make decisions without asking God for his input. We try to control situations, conversations, outcomes, without letting God handle it, as if we have better control than he does. What about thinking God isn't seeing what we are doing? 
and that it isn't a big deal to do the act and ask for forgiveness later. We can do, but that preemptive motion is doing wrong. And it's thinking that we can outrun God and he'll never know. And that's not true. We see with Jonah, he tried to run, to do his own thing. But in the end, we see that God gave Jonah that second chance. Jonah caused his own trial and, in, and the distress that he was in. He cried out to God and God heard him. You see, he was never too far gone for God to rescue him. Friends, God hears us. He hears our silent cries when we're in the shower. He hears our outpouring when we're driving in the car. He hears and sees those tears when you're falling asleep at night and you think no one is hearing you. He hears our screams when we thought we could do it on our own and realize that we can't. And then we find ourselves in dire situations because we thought we could do it on our own and we can't. He's always there and we can never outrun him. God stuck with Jonah the whole time. He was there. He didn't give up on him even when he made it hard. Are you hard to love right now? Do you have someone in your life that you're struggling with? Is it a coworker, a friend, a family member, a neighbor, a spouse? What happened to Jonah was actually not a bad thing in the end, although it looked really bad and it felt pretty icky. Who wants to be thrown into the sea, swallowed up by great fish, desperate to survive with no hope of saving himself. He was desperate and asking God where he was during this ordeal. Jonah finally surrendered, relinquishing the control, letting go and realizing he couldn't save himself and he had no choice but to turn back to God. We get to those places of desperation where we can't do anything more than reach our arms out and grab onto his. And it's at these places that we learn how to be different in this world. When someone cuts you off, what's your reaction? When someone's in a bad mood and responds to you in such a negative extreme way, how do you respond? Are you the one that raises it up a notch or are you the one that brings it down? Are you showing grace and love or are you flipping out? Parents, do we show grace to our kids? They're going to mess up, they're going to do wrong. Do we show grace the way that God extends grace to us? The holidays are coming up. Not always easy to be around family. What if we were more intentional about showing grace and compassion and love to our families, even when it's hard? What if you intentionally thought about that before we even got to Thanksgiving and Christmas? What if you intentionally prayed and asked God to help you to be different in your family gathering, to be that light and joy? Lastly, do you show grace towards yourself? That's a hard one. How long do you think about the thing you did earlier in the day and beat yourself up for it? 
Are you still thinking about it on your drive home or at night when you're sitting at the table with your family? I don't know about you, but for me, it could be days, weeks, or sometimes months before I'm able to put something down that I did that I knew wasn't right. Because grace is received, this should lead us to grace given. God gives us grace, that's why we need to extend it out to others. As a humble recipient, he gives it to us freely. We should offer it in the same spirit of humility to others and as freely as God gave it to us. Yet we struggle with that. Even when we are rebellious, God still extends grace towards us. Where do you need to find grace this morning? Do you need to extend it to somebody that you were short with earlier in the week? Do you need to extend it to a family member that you were short with this morning? Perhaps somebody that you were driving behind on the way to church. What about with you? Where do you put that pressure on and think you can do it all on your own? And why do we put so much pressure on ourselves to do it all on our own, knowing good and well that God's grace is available and freely given? Why do we do that to ourselves? Because we're human. But we need to remember that freely given grace. For many of us, if we're being honest, it's because we're too ashamed of the thing that we did, that we feel we have to make up for in some way, or that struggle we're going through is deserved. Or maybe we feel like we're so distant from God that in this moment, we can't even ask him for grace. That's not how God works. We don't have to have this relationship level, leverage, for him to hear us and give us grace. It's not like our friendships. I struggle sometimes when someone does something wrong, I put them in a mental time out and that's so wrong. But we do that because we're hurt. God doesn't put his children in a mental time out. We are always there and he is always ready for us, regardless of what we're doing. And that wasn't the case, for, and that was just not the case for Jonah. He was in the worst position where God was to give him grace. He thought he was not deserving of receiving it. He was running away from it. And all it took was his turning his face around and changing his heart, and that was what made the difference. He needed to face the right direction. He needed to face towards God. Let's continue reading our verses. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turning, turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord, and the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. The I will make good on my promise makes all the difference here. When we go where God sends and say what he tells us to say, we just have to face in the right direction and God pours out his grace. We can still find God's grace. 
in two places I'm gonna mention this morning. In the darkness, when we can't see, when we don't know what's happening, like Jonah had no clue what was going on in that belly of that whale. When things are uncertain, there's always going to be times in our lives where we don't understand what is going on or why God has us walk paths that we're on. It's the hardest to find grace when we can't see the light and when only despair and pain is being happened to us. An example for me of this is when I was pregnant with my daughter Gianna and I was 12 weeks in and I went for that ultrasound where you know parents are supposed to be excited and things are going great and I could tell by the technician's face that something was not okay. And she went to go get the doctor and the doctor came in and it was in this moment that we were told there is some kind of blockage in her intestines. There's one of six things that could be wrong with her that are you know something that she's gonna have forever but we don't know the details. We're gonna connect you with a genetic doctor on Monday. It's on a Friday, I have this appointment. Go home, have your weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. That feeling and the darkness that we sat in was awful. And to top it off, we had to go to a church conference where my husband Andy had to speak and no one knew what was going on because we had no idea what was going on. We sat in darkness, it was so hard to trust him. It was so hard for me to understand, is he gonna pour grace out on me? Is he gonna pour grace out on my daughter who potentially has something severely wrong with her? I had no idea, but I knew that I had to wait in that darkness. I wasn't gonna get any answers and I had to trust him. Number two in the storm. We see in our text today the visual picture of what Jonah faced. The depths of the sea, the waves crashing down. Do you ever feel like you're drowning and then you get back up, things are going well, and another wave crashes down on you? When things are going well in life, I am always saying I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Why? Why am I waiting for the other shoe to drop? How do you handle that stress and pressure when you're in the storm? Do people's opinions throw you for a loop? Do hanging on to every word somebody you care about and trust takes louder voice than the Lord's? Do you listen to the news and let the heaviness of that weigh you down? That will make you feel like a wave is crushing you every time you watch. Our finances or your job, the ickiness that you're entangled in that you need freedom from. We can't run away from those things. But in every storm, we can always find God's grace. If not in the moment, definitely when you look back. Are you sinking or using God as your anchor to get you back up? What are the idols you're clinging to like we read in verse eight? Is it your job? Is it another person? What about the idol of always wanting more? Never being content? Is it your kids? There are four things we can learn in Jonah this morning. The Lord is present everywhere. Nowhere outside of that. You cannot run from him. He is always there and he is always gonna see you and he is always going to hear you. He always hears the prayers of his children. We cannot escape God. 
even when we try. Telling him to go away doesn't make him not there anymore. And this is a little more intense than hiding. It's actually rebelling actively. When kids do something wrong, what is the first thing they do? They look at who's around and then they run away thinking they can outrun their parent or caregiver. We as children of God cannot do that. We can outrun him. Just like parents always find the kid, he always finds us. This goes for our thoughts, for our actions, and what we are doing when no one is looking. We can't escape him. Number three, he hears the cries of his children and he responds. Not only does he wanna hear your cries, he will have an answer for you. It might not always be what we want, but he will respond. When you hear a, ch a child crying, whether it's yours or someone you know, your first instinct is to turn around and see if the person's okay or if you know the child. With God, he knows our cries. He doesn't even have to look. And he comes, no matter what. He disciplines his children. I don't know about you, but I was a good kid growing up, and my mom will tell you that. I was least likely in our family to get in trouble, but that didn't mean I didn't need discipline. There were times where she needed to step in because she knew I was gonna get hurt or do something that was wrong. And then there were circumstances where she knew I was gonna do something wrong and she didn't say anything because she knew it was a lesson I needed to learn. If God didn't love us and adore us the way he did, he wouldn't discipline us. His discipline shows us his love. Not only does he allow us to get into difficult situations that we create ourselves, he also creates the hard times too for our good to call us back to him, not to do it on your own. He's refining us as we go through these hard times and it pushes us to trust him by forcing us to depend on him. Now, you might be sitting here this morning saying, okay, so what can I do? Let me give you three things that we can do. Realize our life is never too far gone, too low or too filled with too much sin that we cannot turn to God in repentance and have him hear from us. He always hears us. Is there something this morning you need to unload off your chest, chest that you need to confess? He's here, he's listening and waiting, and you can't run out him. And his arms are always open for you. Now grace received leads to grace given to others. Intentionally choosing to show grace in spite of the other person's decision shows them in tangible ways how God extends it towards us. Regardless of what our children do, we need to show them grace. We can be disappointed, but we need to show grace. Your spouse might do something wrong and it might really hurt you, but does that mean we don't show grace? Yes, we show grace. We hurt our father's feelings all the time and he shows us grace. A coworker could wound and hurt you. That still means we extend grace because we are all imperfect people who deserve that. 
God showed us love, grace, and compassion regardless. And third, salvation is found in him alone. He is the only one that can save us. We can put our faith and trust in others, in our parents, in our best friend, in our spouse, in our teachers, in leadership and politicians, and even ourselves. And I can tell you that our safety and well-being will not be found in ourselves or those people. Have you put others in front of him? Have you been trusting someone else above him? Do you know that if you had that relationship with him where only he can save you and did, do you have that relationship? You can have confidence in that today, knowing he is the only way. Life will always have darkness, uncertain times, but if you run to God, you are walking in obedience, knowing he is in control and will take care of it, even when it doesn't feel good. There is a surrender and freedom that comes in trusting the one you run to when it's your heavenly Father. There will always be times we battle whether we hear other people's voices or our own louder than His. Whose will you hear louder? There will always be times we wanna do what we want when we need to listen to Him. And we can never, never outrun God. And He is always for us, never against us. This morning, are you running to your Father's arms or away? Is there grace towards someone, including yourself, you need to extend today? A few minutes ago, I asked you if you had the confidence in knowing Him today. If you don't, I invite you to go to our website and use our online connect card to connect with somebody on our pastoral staff. Let us know how we can come alongside you. If there's somebody that you need help processing with, we are here for you. Friends, run to your heavenly Father. He has love, grace, and compassion for you that you will not find in the outside world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your open arms, for always being willing to take us back. When we turn away, you are always there. Help us this morning to look at our own hearts, see the ways that we have turned from you or haven't listened to your voice. Help us to show grace, love, and compassion to other people and ourselves to remember the grace that you have given to us. Father, I pray that you would be with us today and throughout the remainder of our week. Help us to be intentional with the way we show grace towards other people. And may we always remember that we can't outrun you and that we can always run into your arms. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening today. 
To connect with us further, you can visit our website at lhcnj.net. We're on social media at LHCNJ, and we'll be back next week with another sermon. Until then, have a great week and God bless. Thank you.